Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Colossians 3.15. A great verse for coming up on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving if you're listening to this. Today, we're going to do our second annual book review. Yes. We we did this last year, had good responses, but we read voraciously. So we want to share with everyone our top picks, not from this year, but that we read this year. Yeah. And hopefully you can uh, line your shelves with some good material. Yeah, or buy some gifts for, for friends coming up for Christmas. I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. This is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Brian, how you doing? I am well. I'm excited about this because I can read again. What? what? <laughs> you can read again? I'm excited about this. Yes, because I got reading glasses. Oh, you're that age. I'm that age. You Wait, do you, do you, you don't have like contacts or anything. You've never had LASIK. You're just... I have had LASIK. Oh, so okay. the last five years have been great. Yeah. I can just see. Wake up and see the clock. Yeah. But the... But the I, Eye doctor said, you know, at some point you're going to probably need some reading glasses, but hopefully that's all you need. Right. Sometimes your eyes kind of self-correct or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, trying to read Dune, a very <laughs> a very old manuscript, the Dune, very small letters, kind of y- yellow pages. <laughs> and uh, a couple weeks ago, it's like, I just can't. There you I go. can't read this book after 9 o'clock at night. My eyes get tired and the words go blurry. Yep. So I had to go get me some really cheap reading glasses. Well, I, I've, I I've, been, I've been wearing glasses since uh, second grade. Okay. So for our yeah. listeners out there who, I guess they don't really know what we look like. I, 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 I've had glasses since second grade. So <laughs> unless you do know what we look like. Then, we uh, look fantastic it, today. It, oh, it's just so if sparkly Only clean. you could see. If only. If so, only. So how, we're, how are we going to do this? We want to share our top four or five books. Let's that, do honorable mentions first. Oh, okay. And just say like, hey, here are good books that we want to recommend, but... We're not really going to get into them. But we're not really going to talk about them. Yeah, not not a whole lot. Okay. Not a yeah. whole lot. Okay. Um, but I, I would heartily recommend all of these books. Yes. Okay. So, okay. You, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, number one, this uh, may not be for everyone, uh, honorable mention, modern chess openings. I love uh, chess, and I've been teaching my daughters how to play chess, and I've been reading this classic text of modern chess openings, the history behind them, why they're used, mm-hmm. how they've been used, and it's been really cool, uh, the psychology behind them and what works and what doesn't, and it's really, it's really interesting. Did the Queen's Gambit kind of The Queen's Gambit has like 80 it? pages. Okay. Yeah. The actual move, the Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Um, uh, Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm part of that Netflix influence where I, I watch the Queen's Gambit. I was like, I'm going to get back into chess. So yeah. that, I'm, that's totally me. I got no problem admitting that. Yeah, absolutely. We watched King Richard last night, this, the story of the Serena and Venus Williams. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Will Smith, right? Very well done. And John Bertha. And I'm just like, man, there are going to be girls on the tennis court tomorrow morning or whatever morning after right, they, right. They, uh, they watch it. But yeah, movies can do that. Okay. Yes, they can. Your honorable mention. Okay, uh, Book of Secrets and then the follow-up Book of Answers. These were super fun books to read with my daughter mm-hmm. that we read at bedtime. So if you're looking at, at fun books to read that are age-appropriate, mm-hmm. kind of action stories, both of those uh, really fun reads uh, for your kid. Nice. Okay. Uh, my uh, my other honorable mention is uh, 
Dune, actually. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and mm-hmm. say that. I, I reread Dune. Fantastic, amazing book. Recommended to anybody who really likes interesting, in-depth science fiction. Mm-hmm. So you just finished reading yes. it. And yeah. you're like, I may not read the rest of the series. That's true. Or I might. Uh, uh, wh- whichever. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it is it is it is in-depth. And yep. it is intense. Uh, and it's not for everyone. Yeah. But, but, but Red Dune and Thoroughly enjoyed rereading it. I'm glad I read it, too. All right, next for me, um, and we gave this a, a whole episode, but the book by Dane Tyner, our friend we had on the podcast, yeah. um, and his book, Everyone's Job, and just uh, a short book, but important book about restoring broken relationships. Uh, really highly recommend it. Nice. Uh, my last two, I'll just clump them together yep. real fast. Uh, Cynical Theories, How Activist Scholarship Made Everything About Race, Gender, and Identity, and Why This Harms Everybody uh, by Helen Pluckrose. This is a really interesting book that says, hey, history is not all or only about race, gender, and identity. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a good reminder for us that modern um, interpretations and modern theories of interpretation of the world are just that. They're modern, and there may mm-hmm. be problems with them that we need to address and, and, and look at. Uh, second, also a historical analysis, but it's uh, Unchanging Witness, the Consistent Christian Teaching on Homosexuality in Scripture and Tradition uh, by S. Donald Forston III, a fascinating look um, at the Christian teachings of homosexuality, what that even means, what that looks like, Scripture analysis for the past 2,000 years, Um, and just the consistency within main, um, not mainline, that's not what I meant to say, a traditional Christianity. So great books, check them out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my last couple, one would be Urban Legends of the Old Testament, and you Ooh. gave me that book. I did. I yeah. was like, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, and I just love how it's put together, but just talking about kind of misunderstood uh, bits of the Old Testament. It does a great job covering that. So if yep. you kind of like to read a, a Bible theology book, that would be it. Um, and then also just this very tiny little book called Surviving the Holidays Survival Guide. <laughs> and it, it, it comes out of Grief Share Ministry, which okay. is for people who have lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. And so our church hosts a class uh, for that that I went with my neighbor friend uh, to whose, whose wife passed away recently. Mm. Um, and the class was so helpful, but the little uh, book that goes with it is so helpful. Just uh, these little bits of practical advice, such as, you know, have a script when you go into social gatherings about Mm. how are you going to answer the question, hey, how are you doing? Because Mm. that can be an overwhelming question if you have lost a loved one and you're like right on the edge of breaking down. Yeah. So decide in advance, are you going to be vulnerable with people or are you going to just say, you know, I'm, it's been tough. I'm trying to get along. Hey, how's your daughter's soccer going? You know, just kind of be ready for like, do I want to just deflect and move it along? Or do I want to say, hey, everybody, it's okay to talk about so-and-so, and can we light this candle just to remember them mm-hmm. while we're here? And it's okay during this dinner time. If you want to tell stories, uh, share some memories about him or her, it's okay. So, but just to have a plan in advance, nice. to have a back-out plan of, like, drive yourself so that you might you can leave it, early. Yeah. But just so, and, and my neighbor was so appreciative and the little book that goes with it. So I wanted to give that, especially if you know somebody who's struggling, maybe their first holiday or two after losing a loved one. It's a, it's a great little book. All right. So without further ado, here are our top five books that we read in 2021. And you just want to go back and forth? Like we'll start and then we'll, we'll go sure. from there? Sure. All Let's right. Do it. Cool. I'll go first. Okay. Number one, 
I finally read The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, okay. I've been wanting to read it. It's one of my favorite movies, actually. Guy Pierce, Jim Caviezel, excellent film, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Totally different than what the book is. The book is over 1,200 pages right. long. It took me months to read it, mm-hmm. but it is a fascinating story uh, that deals with revenge, how it can really mess you up. Um, and the danger of revenge and taking matters into your own hands and a man who loses his faith and his trust in God. There's this religious component that a lot of the films and series don't deal with, but it's clearly present throughout the entire thing. And he doesn't end up with the girl. Oh. I thought that was fascinating. The girl he lo- he loses at the beginning does not end up with her. Wow. Because she can't handle all the revenge he's doing. <laughs> I, I love it. So fascinating book. Um, well worth the read. Uh, written by um, Alexander Dumas. That's how you pronounce that last mm-hmm. name, just okay. so we're all clear. Um, and um, uh, it was uh, it was released in periodical. So there's over 100 chapters. So they're anywhere from 5 to 15 mm-hmm. pages each. But it was released every couple of weeks or so in a magazine. And that's how oh, that used okay. to be done. So you know how like TV shows have weekly episodes? Mm-hmm. That idea originated with print, that they would have yeah. ongoing series. Yes. And that, that's where it came from. So yeah. I, just, I thought that was really cool. Hey. You should read The Count of Monte Cristo. It has aged very, very well. Okay. Well, I'll start with mine that was also the biggest read that Mm -hmm. took me months to get through, not only because it's a long book, but because it was heavy. Um, But it's called The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. And so from 1915 to 1970, um, there was an exodus of almost 6 million people fleeing Jim Crow South to northern cities. And it documents this uh, epic migration in the the lives of these. So Wilkerson is a great scholar. She interviewed more than a 1,000 people for this book. So it is intensive. But she especially highlights the stories of three people who left the oppression of the South and what it was like for them to journey uh, towards what they hoped would be a better life. And so many people would just leave I mean, they were risking everything, and they might get in a car or on a train with nothing and hope to make it somewhere and hope to find someone kind to them and hope to start a new life. Yeah. And and uh, they talked about the trains that would go from the south to the north, and uh, once you passed a certain dividing line, um, if you were going from north to south, everybody would have to get off, and then you would reload a new train, uh, and it would be color-coded. You know, you had to sit in certain areas, um, but but just the the fear and trepidation, but also great courage of so many people to flee. Um, but it's part of our story that doesn't get told. Yeah. And if you've ever thought, like, what is the deal? The Civil War was so long ago. Sure. Um, why do we have the problems in the inner cities that we have? Why do we have these all this racial tension and when people talk about racial injustice and um, some of these systems, like, I don't get it. Yeah. If you read this book, you'll start to get it mm. because it explains that history so well of why so many people were set up to fail. Um, and yet so many people had courage to kind of keep working through that. So it's a great history read. Definitely an eye-opening book. Yes, but it's tough to read. There's some parts in the beginning, especially just the history is tough. Some of the brutality that people suffered not that long ago uh, is tough to read through, but also inspiring. Good. Yep. My number two book, uh, another work of fiction by uh, Paulo Coelho, uh, who is the guy who wrote The Alchemist, which is uh, one of the most beloved Mm -hmm. books. It's called The Archer. 
And it's about a guy teaching a kid about archery. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Okay. It's obviously not only about archery. Okay. It's 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 it is about archery, but it's all about how archery becomes an extension of life. Are you focusing oh. on your target? Oh. Are you doing deep breaths? Mm-hmm. Are you putting out all the distractions so that you can just single focus? Are you feeling the tension in your arms as you draw? Are you okay with that pain? Uh, it, it's this yeah. fascinating meta okay. book on how archery, um, not just archery, but just how life has to be lived intentionally. Yeah. Uh, and so in order to be an archer, you have to intentionally do better at it. And it actually opens with a, um, a wannabe great archer coming to the main character saying, teach me how to be an archer. And the guy says, all right, well, show me how good you are. Yeah. And he takes his bow and he shoots and it hits the target. And the guy's like, hey, that's pretty good. All right, my turn. And the old guy, he's now old. He takes his, he goes to a wooden bridge that is wafting in the wind up and down. And he sees an apple like 100 meters away in the wind while it's raining on top of the rickety bridge, shoots and hits the apple straight dead center up against the tree. And the archer who wants to learn sets down his bow and leaves. The kid who's been asking, who's now going to be kind of the central part of the story, asks the old archer, why did he leave? And he says, because he couldn't commit. Hmm. He, he doesn't want to actually give the time and the energy and, and all this kind of stuff. And the kid's like, well, how do you become a great archer? And then he begins explaining hmm. all these proverbs. So it's more of a collection of okay. proverbs okay. about archery, but it's really about the intentionality of living your life. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my next book is Journey to Love, and I'm not great at pronouncing his last name, but Matt uh, Michelotis, I believe is his name. It's a book by Nav Press, and uh, the brief description is it's 40 short stories all about the idea of this uh, mankind long journey towards love, being loved, and loving others. Very accessible, very readable, very great. He's a good Bible teacher. The underlying story that weaves throughout the whole book is that uh, the that Matt and his wife care for a dear friend who's dying of cancer and a four or five year long journey with her. And one of the things that she says to them at one point was, are you sure you want to stick with me through this? Because it's going to get ugly Oh, wow. as I deteriorate, as my care gets worse as I get more ill, are you sure you want to be with me on this? And of course, he says, yes, we do. But he talks about that journey of love uh, with her and what that was like. Uh, a deeply moving book, hmm. uh, but a biblically sound book and a book that you could be a great book just to read like a chapter a day, you know, five or six page chapters and really chew on that one lesson of love each day. So great book. That's really cool. I like that. So my next book is... Why Does God Care Who I Sleep With? Oh. By Sam Albury. It's actually a part of an ongoing okay. series. Not long. I believe it's like 50, 60 pages. But it is one of the I, – I, okay, so as a guy, I hate sex books. <laughs> they're always uncomfortable. They're always sure. strange, especially when it comes to Christian sexuality. Yeah. And it's like, well, here's what the Bible teaches. Right. And then they give their stories, and you're like, please stop telling me your story. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to read this. This is this is Fifty Shades of Uncomfortable. <laughs> On so many levels. Can you write a book on that, <laughs> please? <laughs> Fifty Shades of Uncomfortable. That's the, by Taylor Drake. That's that's how that's going to go down. But this is you just is, named the title of this podcast episode. I did. Yeah. Is that what that's called? <laughs> Gosh. 
Fun fact, I read two chapters of Fifty Shades of Grey waiting for my car to be changed in Walmart one day and then set it down and went, I, why? Yeah. What oh, is boy. this? Uh, anyway, so, sorry. Anyway, so why does God care who I sleep with? It is probably the best, most accessible book I have ever read on Christian sexuality. It oh, is wow. simple. It's concise. It's to the point, And it's not condemning your judgmental, which I, I, I don't know if you— have ever read those types of books where you're sure, reading yeah, yeah. and it doesn't come across as, oh, by the way, you're a terrible person if you've done these yeah, things yeah. or you need to get your life right. It's here's what the Bible says. Here's why this matters. And here's how we live it out in today's modern world. And here are the issues you're going to have. And just just very practical, very simple, very eloquent. Again, not a long read. Um, and it's written without Christianese. Is it something parents could read with their teenagers? I think so. Think, is it accessible? Yeah, yeah. Def, definitely teenagers. I, w- I wouldn't go below that right. simply because of the content. Yeah. But, yeah, this is definitely a book that teenagers, young adults, college students grab. Uh, even adults, I would say grab this because it will just help kind of refresh some things mm-hmm. in your mind, uh, reaffirm, I think, some strong convictions that we have. Um, but it does stand in strong contrast with the world in a way that is both loving but also uh, uh, firm. So, uh, Why Does God Care Who I Sleep With by Sam Alberry. All right. I'm glad to hear about that. Uh, my next one is a book. I, I don't do this often, but I've listened to this whole book, and it was fantastic to listen to it. But it's called Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, the comedian. Okay, I was going to ask, the yep, comedian guy. Yep, from South Africa. So he grew up under apartheid, um, and then, well, his, his parents did, and then apartheid, you know, crumbles in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would kind of be more of his story. But uh, the the history that he gives in the book, and, and this is really an autobiography, is fantastic. There's stuff I, I've learned about South, Af- South Africa I never knew, but he gives a firsthand experience of it. The book is extremely insightful into human nature. I did not expect that. I expected mm. it to be funny. Right. It was extremely insightful, uh, a lot of great history and understanding, and also hilarious. And to listen to him, he's got this fun accent. Uh, he's very eloquent in speaking mm-hmm. and just funny. He, when he speaks like his mother, you know, he speaks, you know, like like his mother would. Yeah, he's doing and that And she's hysterical. <laughs> and, or his grandma um, or friends. He does voices for all of them that make listening to the book really delightful. Nice. Uh, and so I just really enjoyed reading it. And I was, I don't know what I expected. Right. But it was way more than I expected. And so if you're interested at all about the story of South Africa, how that relates to some of America, it's just fantastic. So I could not recommend it. I, I would say um, it's it's PG-13 mm. probably at least just yep. in some language and some of the the violent things that he experienced as a kid. So I, I would not, like, listen to it on your family road trip with the kids <laughs> buckled into the into their car seats oh, at all. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. You just imagine. That, that, Daddy, what does that yeah. mean? How to ruin your Thanksgiving <laughs> holidays. In one easy step. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, so my fourth book is, uh, inter- interestingly enough, it's a book about meetings. It's called No Fail Meetings. I mm-hmm. have uh, frequent meetings because of my job and – and I imagine that you do as well. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, you probably have meetings that you have to go to. And guess what? 
I hate meetings, mm-hmm. especially pointless, meaningless, yeah. when it could have been done through an email. Right. So this is, it's called No Fail Meetings. And yeah. it's five easy steps. I've read it. To ha- it's yeah. so yeah, good. It's good. It is an excellent book. It is a short read. It is a simple read. But I, I have printed out. I actually uh, went on I went on my computer and I typed in points and then questions, printed them out, and they're hanging in my office now. Nice. Uh, and I've, I've been able to use it. Very good. I got I got I got an email saying, hey, we need to have a meeting about this. And I looked at it. And the book gives explanations on, okay, you want to use your time well? Is this something that you can do just through an email? Or do, do you even have to go to the meeting? Mm-hmm. And just asking these questions and it, w- it was astounding. It, it has changed how I see meetings. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird thing to talk yeah. about. Yeah. That's adulting, right? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if you like that book, then Pat Lencioni has some stuff on meetings too. That's it's a good. It goes hand in hand with this one too. So nice. But yeah, some lessons from there that I think about. You know, meetings have different. Um, maybe we have need to have a podcast about meetings. Oh my word, that might be boring. Um, but maybe not because it is so much of our life. It really but, is. Yeah, Lencioni gives us little tidbit about when you start a meeting and this isn't every single meeting because sometimes our staff meets to be together right and we talk about that you know that's a little bit different than some other meetings but he just talks about what's the difference between starting a meeting like well we need to review the financials with listen we're doing important work here right and so can we just give our best next 15 minutes because the finances impact this organization. Can we give it – he's like, those two meetings start drastically different. Yes, they do. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I love that you were able to read that. Okay, my next one is How to Fight Racism by Jamar Tisby. Uh, a really great book. It's a follow-up book or a, at least a separate book from Color of Compromise. Yep. But Tisby is a historian. This one just gets more practical. Our whole eldership team read this book and found it really helpful uh, for us just with lots of great practical – tidbits and wisdom uh, after reading The Color of Compromise, which had all of the history backing to it. So a really good book. I would I would recommend it. So my favorite book that I read this year um, is actually written by a dear friend of mine. Oh. So I know this author, watched this experience, uh, his experience that led to this book, and it is Better With Every Breath uh, by Jim Thornber, mm-hmm. whose wife died from complications caused by COVID. Mm. But not from COVID. She Mm. had blood clots in her leg Mm. and went in for surgery. He sat in the car, didn't even get to see her when she went in. She died on the table four hours later. Didn't get to say goodbye. And um, the last conversation they had, he said, are are you okay? Are you fearful? And her statement to him, the last thing she said was, if my faith is shaken now, I really didn't have faith to begin with. Wow. And then she went in and unfortunately died on the table. So this book... Um, is the 40 days after that. It's the 40 days that he just sat down and just analyzed himself and observed. Um, The whole purpose of the book is choosing joy in a time of grief. Wow. So it is his grieving process. It is painful Mm. to read. Um, I had to set it down multiple times because I was crying. Mm -hmm. The insight and the wisdom that comes from this book, the grace and rawness in which it is written. It's just astounding. Mm -hmm. Um, It's reading a testimonial of somebody saying, okay, this isn't God's fault. He didn't make this happen, but I still have all these emotions and all these feelings and these thoughts towards God and myself and the doctors and the nurses. How do I deal with that? Um, Probably the most powerful line in the entire book for me 
um, was when Christ was on the cross in the most exuberant pain you can imagine, he still ushered somebody in to the kingdom. His pain did not give him permission to be unkind. Mm. It's those types of proverbial wisdom and insight that only comes through experience that we also hope nobody would experience. But this book has shaped me as a believer more than I think than any book has in the past several years. Mm. So Better With Every Breath um, by Jim Thornber. Check it out. Oh, man. Um, All right. My last one is also by a friend, and his name is Chad Ragsdale. He's the academic dean at Ozark Christian College, and he wrote uh, a short little book called Christian Conviction where he wrestles. It's a bit of an apologetics book, except he comes to the point of uh, what things are essential and what things are not essential to the faith. So not even to the point of arguing about those things, but right. what things should we argue about? And how do you discern what those things are? Nice. And so it's a it's a helpful book, and it would be something, again, that uh, any age, uh, teenage up, could read it and, and learn from it. So a really good book. If that topic interests you, then I would encourage you to, to check that out. And that's part of a greater series that has a lot of different books uh, involved that, like Holy Spirit and the Kingdom. So it's a good series. I Yeah, and I'm, I think that there's some more things coming uh, with that. There is one more book I wanted to mention. I'm I looking, give you permission. I'm looking at the author. Would you like to talk about it? Oh, my gosh. Okay, sure. Uh, so I wrote a book. Um, because of my Pentecostal heritage, I was not um, privy to apologetics and the idea of the dialogue between reason and faith. So I wrote a book called um, the Pentecost- a Pentecostal's Guide to Apologetics. Um, it's online. It's free. I went to several publishers, and they said, this is good. It's too niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pentecostals don't have a, a big a platform when it comes to publications, unfortunately. So I I, I wrote that book. Um, You can download it uh, on the PDF form. We can put that in the notes. Let's put all a list. You want to do all this? Let's at least name all of the books we've listed. Yep. And then we'll also put a link to the book you wrote. It's good. It's really good. Yes. um, uh, For those listening, uh, Pastor Brian uh, actually helped me edit uh, the book as I was going through and putting it together. I asked him to read it, give his advice. He did. I was able to take it and make the book better. So Thank you. I took out all of his Lord of the Rings references. All of them. <laughs> yep. One a page. At least uh, two footnotes, I believe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. Even if you're not a Pentecostal, it just gives a great framework of like, here's here's a way to share the gospel with somebody, to talk to them about faith, to defend the faith. Yeah. Like being like outline A, B, C. Yep do these three things. Talk about here's why you do these three things. Examples of questions, examples of responses. Because I think for a lot of people, um, they get really nervous when it comes Mm -hmm. to answering questions about their faith. Mm -hmm. There's this misconception of, well, it's all about just trusting God regardless of reason, regardless of facts, regardless of the Bible's historicity. I just have to believe. And while that's not inherently wrong— we do have reason. We we do have good archaeological evidence and historical evidence on to why we should trust the Scripture. Yeah. And that Jesus is who he says he is. That doesn't combat or go against our faith, but it, it serves to strengthen and build it up. So thank you. That was very kind of you. I didn't know you were well, going to do that. Yeah, good job. Uh, it, I'm just 
I, I'm just thankful, and I know that writing a book is a monster. Yeah, you've written and three. So two, two. Yeah, but uh, good job. It's a great book. Read it, everybody. Oh, thank so, you. Yes, yeah. read my book. <laughs> if <laughs> read all of these books because they're all exceptional great things and we just want you to um, you know add to your library yeah and let us know your favorite books i've had some people email me some of their favorite books uh and uh hopefully we'll be talking about some of those a year from now or sooner so let us know your favorite books and you can you can go to brianjingsblog.com and you can contact us tell us things that you want us to talk about in 2022 we do have a list of episodes coming up here in december uh, but let us know uh, write us on uh, apple podcast or however you listen and that helps other people know tell people about it and we hope that this has been an encouragement to you i'm taylor and i'm brian and this is the echo podcast where we are looking for books in the noise I'll take it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we're looking for books in the noise. Happy Thanksgiving. And blessings.